we're always working to be on the right side of history, especially those in progressive spaces. But are we really doing our best if we consistently forget to advocate for one particular group? My guest today, Jonah Platt, has made it a part of his mission and platform to educate those that still do not understand that the Jewish community needs to be included in our activism. You're listening to We Need to Talk. So you got something to say that is on your mind. We need to talk, we need to talk about it. You know just one conversation can change your life. We need to talk, we need to talk about it. We need to talk. Jonah Platt, thank you so much for being on We Need to Talk today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really happy to be here with you. Absolutely. You know, one of the reasons that I started this podcast um, and why it means so much to me is because I've found it so important to continue conversations that matter. But not only that, but allowing myself to be vulnerable about my ignorance when it comes to certain issues. Mm-hmm. And I hope that me being, you know, humble about that and that process will kind of propel my followers and listeners to do the same. And one of the things that I have been very ignorant and unaware about over the last year was the struggles of the Jewish community and anti-Semitism. And now that I know, like I, I have to do better and I have to educate myself and continue that. So I'm really, really grateful that you're willing to sit down with me and chat about this because I do think it, it is such an important conversation. So I really appreciate it. Let, let me just say that everything that you just said is like, Total music to my ears. I, I think that the number one, if I had to like zoom all the way out as like as a species, the number one thing I think we're missing, I think that we've always been missing, but really today it seems like is humility. Mm. Uh, and and if if every person on earth had your humility to go, wow, there's a bunch of stuff I don't know. You know why? Because I'm a human being. We can't know everything. We're flawed. That should right. be sort of a given. There's going to be stuff we're going to get wrong and we don't yeah. know. So I'm going to proactively try to fill in those gaps and learn things and educate myself and have conversations and listen to other people and try to better myself. Yeah. And it's we're just – not everybody thinks that way, sadly. I'd say the majority probably don't. Uh, and if we all did, we'd be in a much different place. So <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I really Absolutely. appreciate that being your perspective. And then even more specifically, that that's your perspective in regards to the Jewish community, which out of many marginalized communities is one that's sort of like the ugly stepchild of yeah. all the ugly stepchildren in a weird way. It's like we are often the community that doesn't get to count in the same way as a lot of other communities do. So I, I appreciate you uh, shining a light on that with this conversation. Also, apologies out there to stepchildren. I, that's, I'm probably not allowed to say that anymore. That's one of those <laughs> idioms we probably have to retire. So sorry. Okay, I think they know. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in Santa Barbara, which is a predominantly white city. And my parents were really, really good about putting an emphasis on cultural pride and my sister and I being aware of our blackness. And they also reminded us though, that when we go out into the real world, just kind of what the reality of the situation was, that some people will view us and treat us differently because of the color of our skin. But they did a really good job of telling us the reality of the situation, but not really instilling fear in us and just kind of letting us know 
what certain tools could be on how to combat it and, and get through situations. And I'm really grateful to them for that. So for you, you know, what were conversations like in your household about cultural pride and your ethnicity? And did your parents in any way sort of brief you a little bit about the possibility of experiencing anti-Semitism when you got out into the real world? Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. And it's interesting to hear your experience as a black woman uh, versus mine as a Jewish person, um, because it's they're in some ways the same and in some ways different. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think with Judaism, because Jews are, for the most part, uh, not even all or even maybe even the majority, but a lot of Jews are white passing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so and, and Jews are heavily assimilated uh, wherever they are. They sort of ha- have to be um, and often are. Um, so there's the the sense of pride that you're instilled uh, with as a child in Judaism is is for me at least was very real and very present and very mm-hmm. important. Um, and my family is a bit of an outlier. Um, like my mother, Julie Platt, is about to become the head of all of Jewish federations of North America. Oh wow! So I have you know as a role model one of the community's you know foremost leaders. Absolutely. So, that's certainly atypical of, of a normal Jewish household. But I think a lot of the time it's we're sort of taught be proud to be Jewish. Here's everything that means what it is to be Jewish. But it's somehow there's it's some it's different than it is with other groups um, because there's that little bit of unspoken. I don't know if it's shame or 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 fear or apologizing it feels like jews a lot of time are having feel like they need to apologize for being Mm. jewish Mm. um in the public sphere um and i think a lot of that is not even really explored it's just sort of like inherited but i think if you dig into like why is that i think a lot of it stems from fear and from you know the truth of our history which is that like everywhere we go we get like murdered and kicked out of yeah um so and that's just been true over and over again for thousands and thousands of years and so it's it's sort of part of our heritage is to like have that locked away and i think american jews a lot of them again it's hard to it's not a monolith but sort of within the culture a lot of it has been distancing themselves from being jewish or being embarrassed of being Jewish or apologizing for being, I see a lot more Jew embarrassment than I see Jew pride mm. or a lot more. I need to make fun of myself for, I need to be self deprecating about my Judaism. I need, I need to talk about how like silly bar mitzvahs are or how I would never keep kosher or, you know, those are the conversations, especially it's like, where do you hear these conversations? Like mm. in Hollywood, in the culture in TV film, like anytime you hear that kind of stuff, it's always like, poking the fun at it or apologizing for it or being like, Oh, I'm not that Jewish. Um, or like, I'm, or, or feeling like you have to say anytime you're going to talk about like Orthodox Jews having to be like, well, that's not me, which it may not be. And that's totally fine. But like that, it feels like there's that knee jerk. I got to distance myself from those guys. Um, and that, you know, it bothers me and it, and I, it makes me sad. And I, I yeah. wish that we, like other cultures, especially in the moment that we're having, you know, in 2022, which, you know, has been happening 
and building steam is more pride in, in your identity. And yeah. you're seeing all these different groups starting to say like, this is who we are and we want this representation and we want this and that. And we're proud to do this. And this is what, how we like to dress and how we like this and all of the things. And it feels like the Jews aren't there and the Jews yeah. are still like af- afraid, I think to go there. Uh, and I think a big, Part of it is what I've talked about. And then now also for talking about just this moment, a big piece of it is Israel and all of that, you know, the Hebrew word, balagan, it's like a clusterfuck. Um, (laughs) All of that, uh, that it's going on makes people feel like I better apologize. Mm. I better distance myself. I better like not be loud, proud and Jewish because someone's going to someone's going to come for me. It's like a means of survival, it seems like, because there is this fear. And I think specifically more so with white passing Jews that there is a heightened level of fear because like you said, you know, anywhere the Jewish communities have gone, they've been kicked out or, you know, persecuted in some way, shape or form. So it's like you have to hide a huge part of your identity in order to survive. And that's, that's heartbreaking to me. That's extremely heartbreaking. Yeah. And what's different, for example, from being black is like, you can't hide that you're black. You walk outside and you're black. So it's like either you're gonna, not be proud of yourself and be, you know, messed up inside because of that. Or you're going to be like, you know what? This is who I am. I'm going to be proud about it. When I walk out the door, I am who I am and I'm going to live with that. And I think that because Jews are so white passing or many of them are, they sort of have this choice where they can say, you know what? I'm going to put the lid on it and I'm I'm going to just put everything else first and put the Jewish part on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um where so it's interesting so in you know there's there's pluses and minuses to everything uh and you know in some ways some people be, might say you know if you're a black person getting pulled over by the cops you're like man i wish i had a choice right now to you know not have this happen to me right and that's a a choice that like a jew could have i if i'm wearing a jew uh the star of david necklace that's the only thing identifying me i can tuck that away now you have no idea um but then on the other hand i get this we'll call it a choice where I can be ashamed and, and apologize and hide from my identity in a way that other groups can't and are in a way lucky that they, they have no choice but to take full ownership of who they are. Yeah. And, I, and I wish that, that American Jews especially felt like they could take full ownership of who they are. When did you personally start to realize that anti-Semitism was a huge problem in America? And I mean in the sense of like normal everyday vernacular, because in my awareness, I do see a lot of those Jewish tropes and assumptions and stereotypes being pushed pushed forward in everyday language that I don't think people realize are rooted in anti-Semitism. Just like even as you said, like in order to survive and like kind of assimilate some Jewish community, they go into like the self-deprecating, you know, verbiage, you know, even those type of thing. So when did you start to realize this is a huge issue? Uh, honestly, not until recently. I think like a lot of people, I, I, I would imagine other members of other communities feel this way, but really with like the rise of Trump and MAGA and all of that culture, a lot of this crap started really bubbling to the surface mm-hmm. uh, in a way that it hadn't. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like my dad grew up in Baltimore and there would be places that said no blacks, no Jews, no dogs, you know, and that was in the sixties. Um, so like it's been around and it's like, obviously I, and I, I went to Jewish day school and I went to Jewish summer camp and I've been, I've known many Holocaust survivors and like, so all of those things have always been present, but the everyday, like Jews getting beat up, 
graffiti on the synagogues, like that stuff seemingly happening, you know, universities do, letting, you know, Jew hate speakers come, all this stuff. That feels newer to me, um, where it's really unavoidable. Uh, and, it, and it seems to be ramping up. And I mean, the, and the data backs that up. Like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like Jew hate crimes have risen like 200x in the last yeah. year. I mean, they just keep sky highing. Um, so it's 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 on the rise. So working in the entertainment industry, I have grown increasingly disappointed by a lot of people in the last few years because when you think about, you know, being a singer, being an actor, being in any sort of entertainment, you automatically think liberal or progressive. And that could be just naivete on my part, right? Mm -hmm. But that's what you typically think of. I even joked the other day that like, I never knew that Florida was such a red state because it gave me NSYNC and Disney World. Like, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? Totally. So I, I've, been I've become increasingly disappointed with seeing a lot of people in the industry, specifically, you know, in my story, how they responded to Black Lives Matter movement, to police brutality and all of those things that happened in the last couple of years, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. Sure. So for you, have you ever been surprised or hurt or disappointed by people showing their true colors in terms of how they've responded to the struggles of the Jewish community? And what have your personal struggles been working in the entertainment industry as a Jewish person? So to answer the first part, 100%, I've been disappointed by many people's reaction. And I think... That piece of it, I, I, it's really the two pieces I talked about. I think one is the ingrained need to apologize for being Jewish. And I mm -hmm. see that in, in entertainment way more than I see people being loud, proud, and Jewish. Yeah. Um, I see way more of the, oh, I'm going to give an interview on a talk show, and the funny anecdote I'm going to tell is about how like lame having a bar mitzvah wasn't how it meant nothing to me or something like that. Like that's yeah. going to be my piece of Jewish identity. Um, and then the other, the really big piece is the, is the Israel Balagan and, and Palestine, the Middle East conflict. Um, and because being anti Israel is a great cover to be anti Jewish. Um, and I think a lot of people, it's funny. So I like have to keep sort of like, it's so complicated. Let me, so no, for sure. there's, there's two pieces to it. I think there are some people who genuinely, and this is a, a large, let's say 50% or more don't realize they're being anti-Jewish when they're being anti-Israel in a lot of ways. And why they don't realize it is because there are people in entertainment and people that they look up to government, entertainment, whoever, who are spouting off stuff that they themselves don't no is not rooted in fact and is without context that they heard from somebody that they trust and you sort it's sort of like how if i told you oh yeah uh here's a stupid example like ford is coming out with some new nine seat scooter i tell you that and then you're gonna tell your friend yeah ford's coming out with this new nine seat scooter like you're gonna tell that like it's a fact even though you just heard it from me i don't work for ford i know nothing about <laughs> ford i didn't research it i heard it from my cousin who heard it from someone on Twitter. It's like, but we all start to like take it as fact and we all are like, oh yeah, you, you heard that too. Yeah. It and must then be run true. with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we run with it. And that's like the very foundation of a lot of the, or most of the anti-Israel rhetoric that you hear yeah. comes yeah. from people who speak with either with an agenda or with no knowledge or context. Yeah. And they put it out there and people accept it as fact. Um, 
And so because that's the sort of pervasive and often accepted, uh, especially in like far left circles point of view, you've got all these, like you said, well, it's Hollywood or whatever. We, we ex assume they're going to be liberal and they sort of just, you know, adopt this piece of that platform without having any real knowledge or research or understanding of it. And it's because the people they respect are saying it. So yeah, I'm going to say it too. Right. And so you've got these people who maybe did show up when it was, you know, black lives matter. And they do show up when Asian American women are being targeted and then Jews are getting beat up and murdered or whatever. And they're nowhere to be found. Uh, and we saw that a lot. And then we're seeing it more and more as more and more anti-Semitic things are happening and people, don't respond to them or have anything to say. They're just, they're nowhere to be found. Right. And I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head that I do think a lot of the negative perceptions of the Jewish community are derived from people's disapproval of Israel or what they think they know is going 100%. on. Right. And I guess my question is, do you think it's possible to have a genuine criticism of how Israel's government is run without being anti-Semitic? I think, of course, that's possible for somebody like you, for example, who is going to be, you know, thoughtful and measured about. I mean, it's an example I always like think of in my head. I'm like, imagine if you lived in another country and you saw like the Trump administration putting uh, kids in cages at the border and you were like, OK, America shouldn't exist anymore. Let's break it up. That's <laughs> right. it. We're done. Right. Like that country, let's boycott the whole country, everybody in it. Anybody in any other country who's from America, let's boycott them. Like, you, it's insane that yeah. you would sort of take down an entire group of people in a place over something that is terrible. One one thing, however terrible it is, um, and that's without getting into any of the nitty gritty of what you think Israel is or isn't doing, whatever is bad or not. Um, that you you shouldn't cancel an entire place because of For one. Sure. Paul, um, and again, like, I mean, we don't cancel China. We don't cancel Russia. And they're like way worse than what's right. happening is. But we can't we're like everyone's ready to cancel Israel. Literally, like, let's get rid of it um, because of this one situation, which is so complex. Yeah, it has so many factors. It's so not cut and dry. It so doesn't fit in a 140 character tweet. <laughs> Right. Uh, and, and when people try to fit it into that tweet, that's what makes things worse. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's really rough. And so the short answer is absolutely. Of course, you can. I mean, we in America know that better than anybody. There are things our governments do that we absolutely hate and we protest yeah. all the time. And like there are, we have committed so many atrocities as a country and, you know, wiped out native populations. I mean, yeah. we've done horrible, horrible things. But we never hold ourselves to the same standard that we hold Israel to, which right. is a situation thousands of miles away that we never have been a part of and know nothing about. Right. But everyone has to have an opinion about it. But everyone it. has a very strong, <laughs> like, certain opinion about it. Yeah. Yeah. How have you yeah. personally been combating those perceptions that aren't based on real actual facts? Yeah. I mean, I, I do my very best in what little platform I have on social media to make sure I'm trying to put forward facts. Yeah. Um, I try to, in a non-combative way, call out flat out, you know, incorrect lies um, when the things are factually not true or, uh, or are factually true and ignored. I'll, I'll put stuff out there. And I, because people 
get so incendiary on Twitter. I try to like not be incendiary and just to say, like, I'll do a lot. I've lately I've been doing stuff like imagine if you were blank, blank, and blank. Like I'm trying to appeal to people's imaginations because yeah. we, for whatever reason, in this scenario, like there's so little empathy. Uh, there, uh, there's just no. We never put ourselves like I just did with you with that exercise with America. It's like if you think about that for one second, you're like, oh yeah, like that is kind of messed up how we maybe do that to Israel. And like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. So I try to do that kind of a thing. I try to repost other people uh, who are talking about this stuff and support them. And, you know, I don't know how else to do it. And then also in my own life and with my own platform, I try to be loud, proud and Jewish. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And just show other people like it is okay to be Jewish and like be happy about that. You don't have to apologize for it. You can talk about it as much as you want. You can like be proud of the stuff you're doing the same way other cultures get to be proud of the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. It is it's very interesting though just you talking about America too and I I hope that that does turn on a light bulb for some people that are listening as well because we are heavy oppressors. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like we wrote so, the book. 100% like America's comically evil if you actually take the time to look at its history. Yeah. But I think it's very obvious that in America it is a cut and dry oppressor versus the oppressed situation. And I have to say that like originally that was what my understanding was of the Israel-Palestine situation until I scaled back and was like, wait, this actually isn't as cut and dry, like you said, as people are making it seem. So that's why I had to take my own time. And then I even went back on my platform and said, look, what I said originally, but I actually feel like there's a way to advocate for both communities, to be honest, if we're talking about the Israel-Palestine situation, right? And I think that people always think things are black and white it's a or b it's apples or oranges and it can never like be a fruit salad you know like you can never be together but it truly can be and and also man i forget what i was reading but like we live in an especially polarized time and social social media feeds into that where we've come to a place where a lot of the time we don't even really care about the discussion we don't care about the debate. We don't care about learning. We just care about saying you're wrong and I'm right. Yeah. You're bad and I'm good. And like, and that's it. And that's, that's the whole conversation. Yeah. Um, and so you get into these situations where people are like, I'm planting my flag on this. And if you don't agree with this, you are the enemy. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help anybody. And it's really self-serving. It's like, it certainly doesn't help the Palestinian people. It's like you said, we, everyone, and, and I've said this too on my social media, like everyone should be pro-Palestine and pro-Israel. Yeah. So like, yeah. Let's, yeah. We should be pro-humanity. Yes. Getting along and finding a way to like live in peace and not kill each other. That should be. Yeah. The that should be the goal. <laughs> yeah. And that we can do that without wiping either group of people off of any maps. Agreed. Agreed. I want to go back to um, this idea of Jewish people being white passing because from conversations I've had, I do feel like that might be one of the reasons, unfortunately, that a lot of people don't take the voices and the struggles of the Jewish community seriously because I think they're viewing being white passing as benefiting from white privilege. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if you have noticed that that's how most people feel. Yeah, well, I feel like there's a couple of things at play. I think that's definitely one of them, um, which, again, also, like, it erases 50% or more of the Jewish population, which is Sephardi Jews and Mizrahi Jews and Jews of color and all these people all over the world who, even within the Jewish community, are often erased. 
Um, but there's like, there are way more Jews than just like white passing Ashkenazi Jews. Right, right. But, so, but they do exist. And I think what you said is true. That's definitely one piece of it is that, okay, yeah, you guys are Jewish, but you're basically like white Americans. So like, you don't count uh, in that regard. I think two is that it's these anti-Semitic tropes and these, what are really not true. They're like, oh, Jews control everything. They're fine. There's a, there's a lot of that. Or like, or all Jews are rich. They're fine. Even though like that's not neither of those things are true, right. um, um, so you've got that piece like oh they're fine that you, you hear that a lot which is crazy because Jews are like we're like point one percent of the world's population yeah yeah um, and there's fourteen million Jews in the world so when you think about that like six million being wiped out in the Holocaust like that's crazy um, like people have more followers on Instagram than yeah. there are Jewish people oh, in yeah the world. like five times more fo- like yeah. The Rock yeah. has like five times the population of Jews in the world that are it's crazy it's crazy yeah. to think about that way. yeah and so people don't know that people probably if you asked how many Jews in the world they're probably like I don't know a hundred million Jews you're like no dude it's like way way smaller than that hmm. uh, but people don't know that or don't think that because of these pervasive tropes of Jews control all the banks Jews control all the media Jews have all the money whatever all that stuff is um, or Jews are really successful like all, every, all Jews are doctors and dentists and stuff and it's like it's crazy because a obviously that's not true. No, no, all of anybody is anything, and then b it's like you're getting dinged for being like culturally industrious and hardworking. Like that's a bad thing, right? Right. <laughs> that's um, I definitely yeah. can align with that because it's annoying. I feel that way just being a black woman. Like you know, my mom would always say you're gonna have to work twice as hard to get you know half as far type situation. Right. But then when you do work twice as hard and you accomplish something and I even post about this on social media you get accused of kind of being a diversity hire you're like wait you literally wanted me to do the work to get here and then I got here and the only reason I got here was because I'm black it's just so weird so like for the Jewish community it's like I'm working you're working hard to get to where you are and then when you get there then you know what I mean it's a hundred percent can never 100%. win you can never win exactly <laughs> It's, you can it's, never win. It's, you can never win. It's I. I think a lot about um. Th- there's an NBA player, Kyle Kuzma, who wants to, and I'm sure he didn't coin this, but he he tweeted once, basically like, fifty percent of people are gonna love you, fifty percent of people are gonna hate you. So just like, do you? Yeah. So like, that's, I love that's it. sort of I. I've really gone back to that a lot, especially recently, and it's just like you gotta just do your thing because no matter what you do, people are gonna try to knock you down for it. So screw them. Yeah. You know, I want to talk a little bit about because I noticed you you've been involved in a lot of democratic you know conversations, um, mm-hmm. and I I personally want the Democrats to do a little bit better with their messaging. I think that's a big issue that sure, they have. Yes, <laughs> right. Like, come on, like let's get it together, right? It's twenty twenty two. But in the work that you've done with the Democratic Party and just having conversations, what would you like to see from them? in terms of support for the Jewish community moving forward? Well, that's a great question. And that's something that we talk about a lot within the Jewish community is, is because like I mentioned earlier, for, for many being a quote unquote progressive for many means being anti-Israel. Like that has become part of the platform. So, and, and, and that's not really true. I mean, it's like, there are obviously there's far left, that is true for a lot of the far left people. You look at, you know, like AOC and a lot of the squad um, have been very strongly anti-Israel and people who, and they are obviously like big celebrities in the party, but they're not 
the majority of the party. I think the majority are more towards the moderate side. So what we talk about and within our community is trying to support Democrats who are progressive in every way and also pro-Israel. Israel being, you know, our most important democratic ally and uh, an amazing country that does like so much good and amazing things for the world that never get talked about. Yeah. It's, I, I've I've talked about the way we view Israel. I've, it's sort of like if you had never seen or read Harry Potter and then you walk into the movie and the only frame you see is like Harry shooting a wand at Voldemort. And you're like, that dude, Harry is a villain. And you're like, no, you missed the whole movie. You've like totally taken the wrong thing away. Not only is he not the example. villain, but he's like an amazing hero who does amazing stuff for people. Right, right. And so like that, I feel like is a lot of the view that a lot of the world has of Israel is like all they saw was that one frame and they've made up their whole mind. Um, so yeah, that's what we look for in coming back to your question. It, for the party, I would love to see more solidarity on Israel. And mm -hmm. I, I just wish that the that that far left outlier group would be more willing to learn and have conversations and and approach with a little bit more of an open mind and open heart and a little more humility, because it, and it's so frustrating for someone like me who is a progressive and wants to be able to be like fully aligned with those types of politicians who I yeah. agree with on so many other things, but then there's this big old anti-Israel, often anti-Jewish thing going on yeah. that uh, is really disappointing. And so we have to keep putting up great candidates, you know, like uh, like Richie Torres is sort of like our like leader. Yeah. Of, like yeah. new, young, progressive, across the board Democrats who are strongly pro-Israel and like not afraid of it, which is just great. It doesn't serve anyone well to have a reductive view of anything, right? Yeah. And I think that that's the important thing. But I just, I hate how lazy people are um, and not wanting to read and, and educate themselves. And I think that that's what bothers me the most about some progressives and some liberals is that they're willing and wanting to be on the right side of history, but not actually doing the work to make sure that they are. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, that's kind of a, a, an offset of social media as well. Um, and also yeah. being a headline reader. We see a headline totally. and we think that that's the truth and, and right. then don't actually read what the context is and, and, and what the situation is. And I think that also is a lot with a lot of the videos that you see with yeah. the situation in, in Palestine. There's no context and, and, and nobody is doing the research to really find out what all of this is about. It's like you said, they're just following their their celebrities that they that they love and listen to. Right. Um, and yeah, it's it's a huge problem. So I personally, with a lot of issues though, with the democratic leaders, like I just want more openness, more transparency, and truly to fight for everybody. And and I wish that we actually did operate in that way as a country, but we don't. And it's yeah. unfortunate. And and that's where, and I started to say this earlier and I didn't I lost my train of thought, but to, that's where you get into the, okay, so you're saying you care about everyone and you've shown up for this group, this group, this group, and this group, and you don't show up for the Jews. Is it because you're just ignorant or do you actually hate Jews and yeah. you hide behind this, which is now sort of this socially acceptable progressive platform to get to be prejudiced against Jews and anti-Jew, but in a sort of safe and you know 
culturally approved way. Yeah. How would you suggest to people, and specifically, obviously, my listeners, for people to start including, um, you know, anti-Semitism conversations and advocacy for the Jewish community in their conversations? Um, I would say the number one thing would be to educate yourself a little bit. And, and for me, such a great resource is Israel Policy Forum. Um, they are an organization that takes a really objective and measured view and a really um, well-informed view of what's happening over there. But they always come, like the baseline level is that everyone involved is a human being who deserves dignity and there should be a, a Jewish state of Israel and there should be a Palestinian country self-ruled by Palestinians. So that if, if you don't agree with that, then you might take an issue. But once, if you've agreed with everyone should be happy at the end of the story, they give a really, really great uh, window into what's going on in a very measured and fair way. Well, they'll, they'll, Whoever's messing up, they'll call them out, whether it's Israelis or Palestinians or Jews or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll also say, here's what they should be doing to fix it or whatever. So that's a great resource. So that's one. And then two, it's just it's just raising the awareness. I mean, literally, it's just, and I think for a lot of white people, like the George Floyd moment was that moment for them of just like, oh, I've not been paying attention. I yeah. didn't know this was going on. Mm-hmm. And now I get it a little bit more. Um and that's, you know, that's step one. And so you're asking, how do we start this? Step one is just waking up to, wow, there's actually, this is real. It's not just like some one rabbi in an Orthodox community got beat up one time. It's like there's pervasive anti-Semitism all over the place. And, and again, also like, like I think a lot of white people have been realizing, racism isn't just oh, I would never go up to a Jew and call him a kike, so I'm not anti-Semitic. Like, that is like the base, base, easy, low-hanging fruit of being, you know, prejudiced. It it goes much deeper than that, and it comes to, like, recognizing the the tropes and the prejudices that we don't even know are there that we don't even realize are offending people or are are harming people. Um, And once you start being awake to that stuff, then you can really start, you know, making a difference and, and being there for people. Yeah. I think another thing, just as you were speaking, is listening to the Jewish community. You know, I think it's very easy for someone to say, oh, I don't think that was anti-Semitic and be gaslit in that way, you know? And I got that so much. We didn't have a word for it growing up, what gaslighting was, right? they, They make you feel crazy when you say like, it that person's being racist. No, I, I think you're just being paranoid or whatever, right? Listen, right. when people tell you what their lived experience is, listen to them. And I think that is even more so important for the Jewish community because I think it is very easy for people to disregard and ignore for all of the reasons that we've talked about today and think that it's not a big deal. So I just think that listening and and, and knowing the truth of the Jewish community that's being shared is that's something people need to just hold on to and, and acknowledge and honor. Yeah. I re- I really appreciate you saying that. And it's, it's, you know, it's especially frustrating when we see again, especially in these last couple of years, we see other communities saying that exact same thing saying, Hey, like if you're going to have a conversation about 
the Mexican American experience. Like you got to have some Mexican Americans on your panel. Like, I don't want to hear a bunch of you non Mexican people telling me what's what. Yeah. And, and we've seen that happen a lot. And then we see those same groups who are saying, Hey, don't do this to me. will then go ahead and do it to the Jews yeah. because the Jews always seem to sort of not count. Yeah. For whatever reason. Well, I hope that uh, that people will start to to understand and to listen because it's very important. And if people can humble themselves and realize, hey, I haven't been listening to the Jewish community. I'm going to do that now. Hope I can make a little bit of a difference in that. So I'm really appreciative of you just talking with me. Um, can you let everybody know where they can follow you and just keep up with the work that you're doing as well? Yes, uh, I'm just at, at Jonah Platt uh, on Instagram and on Twitter uh, where I'm talking a lot about this stuff and also other things and pictures of my son. Um, and I just want to thank you, Melinda, for having these conversations. It's giving me the opportunity to get to stay this, to say this stuff, and to be a person who is a true ally and is is you know showing up and and building connections and and creating a platform for this awareness and education and conversation to take place. It's just so invaluable. So thank you so much. Of course, thank you so much, Tony. And to the listeners, thank you so much for your weekly support of We Need to Talk. Make sure you rate and review wherever you listen. Shout out to Stephen James, our theme song writer and producer. And remember, everything begins with a conversation. We need to talk.